0: Amen. Well, you might be seated. What's a, thank you, guys, so much for singing. Thank you so much for just worshiping the Lord tonight. For your obedience. Good to have Brother Royce Donnell with us. Um, if you don't, if you don't know, um, he and his wife are responsible for Megan. this is megan's dad and and um, has pastored and served as evangelist and teacher and just a great man of god who loves the lord and and i've been so excited to see them here and getting involved and so we're just looking forward to greater things and um, brother come and bless us with the word tonight Aren't you glad
1: that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life? Aren't you glad that Jesus said that when He went away to prepare a place for us, that He would come one day and receive us unto Himself, and that where He is, we shall be also. Aren't you glad of that? Amen. we hear a lot of preaching in the church today, and we hear a lot of things um, being said, but I... I myself, in my own personal uh, experience with the Lord and uh, my ministry over the years in different facets, um, I have noticed that there seems to be somewhat of a trend, and I don't know that it's intentional, brother, but uh, sometimes when we uh, think we're doing good things, and we may be, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a God thing. Come on. Now, I'm going to just tell you, I'm going to forewarn you, if I have to preach and say amen, we're going to be here a while. <laughs> okay? No, I love the Lord tonight. I love the opportunity, and thank you, brother, for uh, allowing me to come tonight and minister. But I'm afraid that there is a tendency in our churches across the land, whether it's the Church of God or other denominations that are preaching Jesus, there seems to be a, a gravitation away from preaching and teaching being born again. Come on, we call it a lot of stuff. We, 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 we call it different titles. We put it, different titles on it when, when we're trying to minister to people. But Jesus said, ye must be born again. I'm glad I'm born again tonight. I'm glad that my name has been recorded. Jesus looked at his disciples one day and they were rejoicing because they had been casting out demons. They had been doing the work. They had been following the call. And he looked at them one day and he said, nevertheless, rejoice because your name is written. If you want something, you want to be happy about tonight is the fact that you can know you don't have to hope so, think so, maybe so. I, you can know that your name is recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life, and I'm glad that I know that tonight. Praise the Lord. I'm glad that he's coming back one day, and I believe myself that it is very, very soon, sooner than we think it is. I really do. So, as, as Pastor uh, Paul has already said, if this thing goes south tonight, blame Megan, Okay? <laughs> no, I, I tell you, I'm so proud of her. I am. We are. Our, our mom and I are very proud of her and, and proud of the work that the Lord is doing in her life and the ministry that he's called her into and using her in to touch uh, other people's lives and uh, bring the gospel through music and through worship. Amen. Uh, i tell you what, there's, there's no... Uh, no, no, greater thing to experience in our lives than being in the presence of a living God, Hallelujah! If you would, if you have your Bible, just a few minutes tonight, and I, I believe tonight I'm I'm going to make an attempt, uh, a diligent attempt to, uh, be more of an encouraging word, and they, and and an exhortation, uh, because you know I remember there's a story in the Bible uh, that. Uh, that tells us that when David was on the run from Saul and there were hit men that were hot on his trail, the Bible says that he encouraged himself in the Lord. You know, sometimes you just have to get in the book and get in his presence. When, when, when there's no worship leader to lead you, there's no pastor to preach to you, and there's not a deacon to or do what deacons do, You have to encourage yourself in the Lord. You have to get down and find out, get the very source of who you are. The Bible says that that in Him we live and move and have our being. Let me tell you something. God's not just the cherry on top to our existence. He's not just a cute, cute little addition to who we are. In Him we live and move and have our being. Hallelujah. Come on somebody, give God some praise in this house tonight you understand that you belong to Him and you're His, you can encourage yourself in the Lord. I know sometimes the bills stack up. I know sometimes you get a bad report from the doctor and it looks like all is going to hell in a handbasket, dare I say it. But you have to encourage yourself in the Lord sometimes. And you know, sometimes I find that's some of the most precious moments that I have with my Savior is when I'm in my closet or I'm going down the road and, and and so far I hadn't seen news reports where I've ran anybody off the road. But sometimes you have to get alone with God and shut yourself in and call on the name of the Lord and encourage yourself. I don't know who that's for. That's not part of what I came to preach tonight, but somebody obviously needs to hear that tonight. Wherever you are and whatever's going on and you can't seem to get any help, encourage yourself in the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. If you would, take your Bibles or your iPad or your phone, whatever you have that you have the Word of God on. If you would, take it and turn with me to the book of 2 Kings. And I'll give you a few moments to get there. In my Bible, it's page 393. And as you get there, if you would, just in honor of reading the Word of God, if you would stand with me. I'm going to read just a few verses here, and then I want to I bring a word to you that I have preached at different occasions the Lord has given me and each time that I revisit it the Lord seems to uh, enlighten some other things and um, I want to bring you this word tonight. I I believe it would be an encouraging word and, and someone needs to just uh, hear from the Lord amen not that he didn't we enjoyed our service this morning what a word we heard and and enjoyed the worship and enjoyed this worship tonight amen come on give these guys another a hand clap if you would I tell you what I love the old hymns I, I, I grew up on that and uh, I cut my teeth in the church as they say on those old hymns and I'm so so thankful that they, I have them in my memory and in my heart 2nd Kings chapter 4 we'll begin reading with verse 1 And you get it? Say, Amen. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead, and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. And the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me what hast thou in the house." And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. Then he said, Go, borrow thee vessels abroad, of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. And when thou art come to the end, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shalt pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her And upon her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, it's time to pour out. And it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go, sell the oil, and pay thy debt and live, Thou and Thy children, on the rest. Father, we want to thank You again for this opportunity to be in Your house tonight. I thank You, Lord, that the music has been played, the songs have been sung. We have lifted our voices in praise unto You only tonight. And Father, I ask right now as Your servant, as Your son, that you would just let your anointing flow freely through me tonight to speak to your people. Lord, not to hear from me, but we want to hear from you. Lord, your word declares that because of the anointing, hallelujah, the yoke is destroyed. And tonight we pray that you would just release your anointing in this place to do the work that you desire in each of us tonight. Bless the reading of your word now in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated in his presence. While we were at, uh, we went to lunch today and we had some guests show up. The preacher from this morning and the pastor and welcomed guests, I might add. And as we were sitting at lunch today, uh, we were discussing several things and he was talking about, we were talking about uh, the anointing and how beautiful it is when the anointing moves through his people. And that's a beautiful thing. And it's different. It looks different on, other, on different people. It always, doesn't always look the same on everyone. Uh, but there is a distinctive about the anointing. Amen. Um, and we were talking about that and he was referring to the fact that or he made he made mention of the fact that, that the priest in the old testament used to wear an undergarment that would that would prevent them from sweating. And and he was talking about, you know, the, the anointing shouldn't be a struggle, it should flow. And that's true. And I looked at him, I said, Well, I have a question. I said, What does that mean when every time I preach that I'm soaking wet when I get through? He said, ah, you know what, I, and I said, I do understand what you're saying. And you know what, that's what I want to happen here tonight. I don't want you to see me. I don't want you to see a man. I want you to allow God to move in all of our lives here tonight. I truly believe the Lord sent me here with a word. It was a quick notice, but I believe I believe a word that the Lord has given me to bring to us, to minister uh, to each of us tonight. It may, be, it may be one word I say, or it may be the whole message tonight. But either way, I believe God wants to speak into our lives. I'll never forget many years ago when I was a youth uh, pastor at our, our hometown church in South Mississippi, uh, where we moved from. Our pastor, one summer, he had scheduled our state youth director to come in and preach a series of meetings uh, for a revival services. And I will I have not forgotten that, that particular uh, summer and those particular services where he came, and one of the services he opened, his opening statements when he began his message was this: He said, "God is forever leading us into arenas of helplessness. Come on, let me say that again. God is forever." leading us into arenas of helplessness. Amen. The Apostle Paul writes in Philippians 3.10, he said that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings being made conformable unto His death. Hallelujah. Elisha's prophetic ministry clearly demonstrates that God cares for his people he sometimes works in sovereign and mighty ways that extend far beyond anything that we are able to do or to think as he reaches out to meet the needs of his people according to his will and i'm going to make a very profound statement as if you've never heard it before god is faithful I'm going to say that one more time. God is faithful. Hallelujah. In Deuteronomy 79, the Bible says, Know therefore that the Lord thy God, He is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love Him and keep His commandments to a thousand generations. Hallelujah. I want to tell you tonight from the, the narrative that I've read from our text, I just want to extract a few things out of our text. I promise you that it is not my desire to exhaust the text. Just to extract a few things from there. Some of you are smiling big now. But I do. I just want to, I just want to reach in and just take some of, the, some of the content that is in this narrative tonight. And hopefully we can expand on it just a little bit. That will be a blessing to us and it will encourage us tonight. The first thing I want to look at in this text, and I'd like to kind of extract out of there, is about one of, the, one of the main characters of our story tonight. And I say it like that because although we see characters within the Scripture, God is always, God is always the main character of the Bible. I mean, there's some great people that we read about. There's some, there's some heroes that we talk about. There's some people that we preach about. But you understand that when you read, you read your Bible and you read the Word of God, He, He and He alone, all by Himself, is always the main character of Scripture. Hallelujah. But I want to pull out a couple of other people in here, and it's mainly to do with this certain woman. First of all, I'd like to extract out of our text tonight, is who she was. The Bible says she was a certain woman. That's how it's termed. I'm reading, as you obviously are aware, from the King James Version. But it, this version calls her a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophet. A certain woman. Not just a woman, but a certain woman. One writer said, that exactly who this woman is is just simply not disclosed. I have a book in my library at home, as small as it is and condensed as it is. I share a room in our house right now with other apparatuses in my office. But in my library, I have a small book that is titled, All the Women of the Bible. 425 pages of over 400 entries of, it of as, as it says, every woman of the Bible. Some are named, some are not. But all have scriptural references as being women of the Bible. But to my surprise, I find no reference to this certain woman. I, looked, I flipped the pages, I read through the, all of the common ones that most of us would know and all of those that were not named but yet had scriptural references, story after story. And if you will read your Bible following this story comes another story about a great woman. The great woman was mentioned in this book of all women in the Bible. But to my surprise, I did not find this certain woman in 425 pages of entries, those named and those not. Quite Possibly it could have been that her beauty and her bravery was not mentioned in Scripture like that of Esther. She didn't hang a scarlet thread out her window for the saving of her house as did Rahab. She did not glean corn from the corners of the cornfield from the kinsman redeemer and eventually find her way to his feet. And all honor and all respect due to the aforementioned one. And there's no mention of her, this certain woman, in this book of all women of the Bible. Something tells me that she probably was not in the running for who's who of the, among the wives of the sons of the prophets. <laughs> but something also tells me that because she wasn't named, and she may not have been nominated, that she was just another face in the crowd. I'm also convinced that she wasn't just a bystander on the, on the prophetical landscape either. Just because she wasn't on some people's radar, didn't mean she didn't exist. I said just because she wasn't on some people's radar, oh my God, didn't mean she didn't exist. And even though she wasn't named in the narrative, doesn't mean she was just another number on the chart. <laughs> She may not have been named, but I want to tell you something tonight. She was no less known. What I'm trying to tell somebody here tonight is that just because her name didn't appear in the story doesn't mean that she was any less known than those that I did mention. Just because she wasn't named doesn't mean she wasn't known. The Bible says in Nahum 1 and 7, The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and He knoweth them that trust in Him. Hallelujah. My Lord, you know when I was a kid growing up, in, in Bible school during the summer months we would, we would go to our local church there would go to Bible school and I'm sure all of you if not many of you have taught your children the same one the song I was taught that we've taught our children a little melody that goes Jesus loves me this I know for the Bible tells me so we've all sung it we've all taught our children but I want to put a little spin on that little melody tonight I want to sing it something like this Jesus knows me this I love hallelujah come on church listen you need to understand what it is to know that God knows you the Bible tells us that there's a day coming he said there was a group that would come to him and say Lord Lord didn't we do all of this stuff in your name all of these wonderful works all of this stuff we did in your name pardon that that technical vernacular right there but he's going to look at them and say depart from me for I never New you. I want to tell you somebody here tonight needs to understand and know that God knows who you are. You may not be in the popular crowd. We not may not be in the popular churches but friend I want to tell you where the name of Jesus is lifted up where people are faithful to the calling and the commission of God and you've given your life over to Him and you're born again. God knows who you are. I'm not talking about the president. I'm not talking about the governor. I'm not talking about the mayor. And quite frankly, it doesn't bother me that they don't know who I am. But I want to tell you, it makes my soul rejoice in knowing that my God, the very God that created it all, the very God that said, Let there be, and it was, He knows who I am. Hallelujah. She may not have been named, but I assure you this one thing, she was known. Hallelujah. Praise his holy name. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 19 the Bible says that nevertheless the foundation of God standeth sure having this seal the Lord knoweth them that are His. Hallelujah. Isaiah 43 1 and 2 it says but now thus says the Lord who created you O Jacob and he who formed you O Israel fear not for I have redeemed you I have called you by your name you are mine hallelujah oh my god praise his holy name i want to tell you i titled this message in times of crisis it pays to be a certain someone in times of crisis amen and i want to tell you previous to us moving to tennessee which has been 17 years ago just a few short years before we moved My family and I, it seemed like family reunions were at the funeral home. Eight significant individuals in our life, parents, grandparents, siblings, and others that were very close to me and my family. We buried, and I want to tell you what. I would hate to have gone through that. Listen, I'm not a psychologist, of course, but I understand that three years is not enough time really to process the loss of one close individual in your life. I would hate to know that I had to process and work through and move on through those losses without knowing that God knew who I was. I want to tell you something. There's no feeling like the feeling, brother. Can I? Am I on a clock tonight? This is Sunday night. We can let our hair down, can't we? Is this okay? It's okay, honey. I'll never forget. And I'm gonna just share it a little bit. And I'm a, I'm I'm a I'm not a very I'm a personal individual. I don't share a lot of my personal stuff, but I want to share this with you tonight. One of the people that we lost during that time was my, my dad. I love my dad. I hate that I woke up too late or so late in life before I realized what he was to me and who he was and but I'm glad that I had the time that I did when I grew out of my stupidity and ignorance and the Lord gave was grace. He was good to me brother. He let me have a few years at the end there and I'm thankful for that. but one of those people, that we said goodbye to, and I'm also glad that in his latter years, he, the Lord saved him. And I have that assurance of knowing and seeing God moving in his life. And even it was, you know, people can say, well, what they want to about deathbed repentance and, and, and exhausting. I believe God works up. Can He's God and he's God all by himself. But I'm my dad, we lost him. I, I actually found him, and I won't go into those details, but I was sitting, we were preparing for his uh, home going, as it is called today, and I was sitting out on our back deck. Now, if, if, any, if anybody here from s- south of Tennessee, anybody, Mississippi, close down Alabama way, South Carolina, you understand well, if you've never been in Mississippi humidity, you don't have a clue what humidity is. Now, I found out through, if y'all been to Honduras, y'all enlighten me on That's probably worse than that. But, but humidity in Mississippi is just like, uh, I, I can't even describe it. But the day we were preparing to um, have the memorial service for my dad, I was sitting out on our back deck. I'm an outside person. It don't matter if it's humid or not. And I was sitting out early that morning just as the dawn was breaking, drinking my coffee. And, of course, I was pastoring a small church at that time. And listen, when I'm talking about humidity, Mississippi, the wind doesn't blow in central Mississippi. It blows on the coast. It may blow in the north, Mississippi. I don't know about north for sure, but I probably does. It does not blow in central Mississippi. The wind does not move unless there's a thunderstorm or tornado headed in your direction. But I was sitting on my, my deck out there drinking my coffee and just thinking about the events coming up in the next few hours. And um, I just, you know, just kind of mulling it over and, and all thinking about the events that surrounded his death and everything. And I said, God, I'm fixing to be selfish. I'm not praying for anybody this morning in this moment in our time that we meet every morning but me I said I need you in this moment and church you listen to me it had the words had not cleared my lips and this soft gentle breeze blew across that deck. I mean, and you say, well, no, you don't understand. When I say no wind moving, there's no wind moving. And when I prayed, Lord, I need you. I need something from you today. And that breeze just blew. I'm glad he knows who I am. Now that may not mean a whole lot to you but I'm glad the creator of all heaven and earth he knows who I am a certain someone and I'm glad that in times of crisis it pays to be a certain someone. Hallelujah. Praise his mighty name. Who she was. She was a certain woman. Secondly, I want to pull out of their text tonight what happened to her. As we read, it, she lost her husband. She said, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. She said to Elijah, And the creditor is come to take my two sons to be bondmen. A different translation is, The creditor is coming to take my sons to be slaves. And if you understand, and if you're a student of scripture, and the, the, according to the law, he could. If they, 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 he, the dad died in debt, he could come and take the, the sons or someone in the household to, to work off that debt until it was paid off or until, until the year of Jubilee. So she said essentially what she was saying is, my husband, your servant has died, and the creditor has come to foreclose on my family. That's a crisis. That's what happened to her. But I want to share with you in the translation, the second one said, The creditor is coming. He hasn't got them yet. She's not there. <laughs> I was looking for Megan. She is one of three of our children. And I can tell you what a joy it brings a father to know that all of your children love him and serve him and are gifted and talented. And I am that just the joy I, I worship God and I praise God all the time, and I thank God for the gifts that He's given them and the gifts that they are. And I will tell you honestly that over there, the time of their growing up, sure, we had to tame teenagers. They had to put up with parents. Come on. Now, let's keeping it real. We had to tame some teenagers and they had to put up with some parents. But I never we never had a minute's trouble out of our children. I'm so thankful for that. But that may not be somebody's story here tonight. You may that may not be your story with your children, but can I tell you it ain't over till God says it's over? The creditor may be coming, but he don't have them yet. My Lord and my God. I said, he may, and he may be threatening, you may be getting notices, he may be accusing, but I want to tell you something, he don't have them yet. It may look like it, it may sound like it, and you may be convinced, but as long as there's life, I believe there's hope, and I believe that God can rescue the perishing, hallelujah, my Lord and my God. I'm telling somebody tonight that that, that may not be your story, that it's what mine, but if you have children that you're praying for that are wayward, that are outside the will of God. Don't you quit praying, Don't you quit going to God? Because it ain't over till He says it's over. Hallelujah. And I want to tell you, young parents, Derek, I know Derek. I love Derek, and Lydia and their family. There's no greater responsibility than a parent. I don't care if they're little or old, then taking your children before the Lord. Keeping them before mine are grown adults, and I have they have children, my grandchildren, and I still take my children before the Lord. Take those children, keep them before God. Hallelujah. She lost her husband. The creditor was coming to take her sons to be bondmen. But he hadn't got them yet. Hallelujah. Thirdly, I want us to see what she had left. We understand what she's lost. That's pretty clear. But sometimes we focus on that more than what we have left. I'll share another story with you real quickly, and then I'll, I'll move into this regarding our losses, as I mentioned earlier. And during that time, I, I work I then, and I still do, I work for myself, so I can kind of not come and go as I please, <laughs> but usually I come and go all the time. But I was at home for lunch one day during, during a day after that we had uh, lost uh, that many people, and, and I was at home just sitting on our sofa just praying and thinking and trying to make sense of it all. And I typically am very careful about TV preachers, what they say and who they are. But this particular day I just flipped the TV on and and there was a TV preacher on there that I do respect and and I believe he's a true man of God and he's got a great ministry. And I flipped it on just long enough to hear him say as it came on, God can't bless what you've lost, but he will bless what you have left, and he wants to. Not only will he, but he wants to bless what you have left. And I thought, thank you, Lord. She had some things left. Let's let's examine those things. What she had left One thing Elisha didn't ask her was what she had had left and where she had it. He didn't ask her what she had in the barn or her bank account. He didn't ask her what she had in the shop or her savings account. He didn't ask her if she wanted to be partners with him in ministry to receive her miracle. Yes, he did say it too. He didn't ask her, did she want to be a partner in ministry before he would? Okay, I better get away from that. huh? He said, tell me what hast thou in the house? Can I tell you that precious and valuable things are kept in the house? They're not exposed to the elements, and they're not for exhibition. He said, what hath you in the house? And here was her response. Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. Now, you know, ministers read a lot of material in preparation for preaching and teaching. I mean, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to study, to show ourselves approved. We're supposed to uh, get knowledge and get wisdom. And some of the resources that I looked up and talk, looking and studying about this, this oil, some writers and some scholars <clears throat> say that this was just a, a generic, everyday household oil that was possibly and probably used for mixing with meal to make bread well I do know that in scripture Old Testament and New Testament when the Bible refers to and mentions oil it's usually referring to the Holy Spirit now personally I don't believe this oil was Crisco or canola And I believe when she answered Elisha's question, what hath you left? What she was saying to him is, all I have left is the Holy Spirit. All I have left is one anointing. This, I believe and am convinced that this was anointing oil. And she was saying to him, that's what I have left. You know, I can, I can only imagine... In this in in this story and in this narrative and and I'm not a very good actor but I, I can I can almost imagine seeing her going through her house when all of this has gone down and she's she has lost her husband and she's she understands that the creditor is coming to take her sons to be bondmen and brother i can just imagine her walking back through the house and I, and i know our western culture is not the same as it would have been in that time but i can just in my mind imagine her walking through the house and possibly entering into different rooms and and having memories of what used to be going on in the dining room what used to be going on maybe in the in, in as she goes down possibly the hallway and looking into the the boy Bedrooms and, and memories that she's processing in her thoughts, and the things that she may be thinking about, and possibly she gets to the back of the house or the however it was set up, and she eases a door open and in the far back corner. When everything else was gone, no furniture, no no family, nothing left in the house. She said, and she looks over in the far back corner, and there's this small or maybe a, a medium sized little flask of oil. And she said, all I have left is this oil. You know what? What I'm trying to tell somebody is there may have been people have left my life, and I might have lost some stuff, but I still got the oil. I'm telling somebody tonight, there may have been some people that's left your life, and you may have lost some stuff, but if you've still got the oil of God in your life, you have what you need. Hallelujah. Pardon me. Sometimes life will reduce us to just the oil. If you lived long enough, you understand what I mean. Sometimes you go through life and things happen, and it may reduce us to just what we have left. We are reduced to arenas of helplessness. And what we have left is that God in us. And that's where this certain woman found herself. What did she do? Well, first of all, quite simply, I want to just say she did what the man of God instructed her to do. Listen, if, there's, if you're in a time of crisis, it's just a smart thing to do what God says. If you're a Bible-believing child of God, and you know it, and you're in the middle of a crisis, it's just a good thing to follow God's instructions when He sends them into your life if you seek Him for help. Amen? I know that sounds kind of elementary, but it seems like all of us good church folks have a problem with that sometimes. When God speaks into our life, and He tells us and gives us and sends us a solution, it's like, really? Do you know where I'm at? You understand what's going on? Because what what thing that Elijah told her to do was he sent sent her two sons out to borrow vessels from the neighbors so she could fill them and then pour them out. Now, what sense does that make? Come on, I'm just keeping it real. I want to show you something here. I believe the Lord showed me in the progression of this message as he's given it to me over years. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use Pastor Paul here as a prop, if I may. I'm going to turn the tables on. He does that sometimes, doesn't he, to people? I want you to hold that. Just, I, just, I just need something to knock on. <laughs> I want you to watch this. Elisha told her, said, Go borrow thee vessels of all thy neighbors, not a few. So let's see. What's your name? Say it again, Jaden. Jada's? Jaden, Jaden. I'm sorry. I, look, I can't. I'm okay. Where's y'all? I'll call. I'll use my son-in-law. Y'all, he likes it when I call on him. <clears throat> Here's the two boys. They go down to the neighbor's house, and Pastor Paul's. He comes to the door and, hi, boys. Well, Pastor Paul, you've, you've, I know you've heard, and you'll probably be a part of Dad's service, and but. This man of God has instructed us to to come and borrow vessels. So, you know, we're here to borrow vessels. And I I think I know him well enough to know that if he's got vessels, and he's got oil in his vessels, well, his heart is to, well, here, boys, y'all just take some oil with you. Don't empty vessels. God's not going to be blended with anything. Did you hear what I said? Although your goodness is, 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 is to be uh, noticed and acknowledged, and it's all right, but he said empty vessels. Sometimes people will, and it's all in a, a, a good intention, will try to contribute things that God said, that's not what the instructions were. Partial obedience is what? And God's not going to be blended with anything. And here's another thing, and I'm going to bring this to a close. I don't know if you want to have someone come to the piano. He said, borrow not a few. And the Lord, I believe, told me to tell somebody that is significant to say that you're going to need some help handling what God is fixing to start doing that word fixing there that's a Mississippi term okay I truly believe that not just for the amount of oil that she would need to supply her needs and then also to sell as she was instructed to pay the debt and live her and her children on the rest live that's right I believe that that says to someone here, and I don't know what it is applicable to, but I believe God sent me to tell somebody that you're going to need some help. And it may be for the church handling what God is fixing to start doing. My ah, Lord. In times of crisis. Now... I'm gonna close with this. I used to. I used to. I, 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 my my kids laugh at me. I I, I don't. Uh, I've only danced in the spirit a couple of times that I'm aware of, and I never danced in when I was in the world. I'll just tell you. I'm. I couldn't. I couldn't carry a rhythm in a bucket. Okay. And when I dance, I look like a drunk monkey. If you've ever seen a drunk monkey, I mean, not just what I can imagine it being. I've never seen one, but, you know, f- f- what I felt like afterwards, I could imagine that was what a drunk monkey would look like. So I won't, I won't do the little jig that I used to do when I preached this. I'll spare you. But sometimes the instructions come from God that go totally and completely against your natural inclinations. He said, go borrow. Number one, she's already got a debt. You're sending me to borrow. Then we understand the context. We, I think we all probably understand the context of that. But then he said, oh, the, the, the vessels were there to catch that. But understand what I'm saying. Most of the time, when it's you're in a crisis, God fills you. When we first moved here, I'll give you this example and this story, and then I'm closing. I was in the Home Depot parking lot getting getting ready to get some supplies for a project that I had. I pulled up beside this pickup, and it had White House construction sign on it. It was an older model truck. Never seen the man before. We just moved here. I hadn't been here hardly any time. And, of course, I'm the type of person. They used to, I had a friend, Terry Payne. You know Terry Payne, our mutual friend. He calls me the parking lot preacher, and he calls Brother Blackburn the elevator preacher. Because I meet people in the parking lots. And if the Lord will give me half a chance, they're going to hear about Jesus. And Brother Blackburn, he would, he, he rode the elevator up and down to the hospital. Just, he, he'd go visit someone. And people'd get on the elevator with him and he said, you know, he's like the, 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 the controller over there, y'all going up or down. Of course he they'd tell him and he'd push the buttons and he said, Well, I know I'm going up. Well he would use that as an introductory, a way to start to tell them and talk to them about Jesus and about heaven and just to you know, you gotta be intentional. If you're gonna be a witness for God, you if you're gonna be a you're gonna be a voice for, for him in, in, in establishing this kingdom, you gotta be intentional in what you do. You gotta have a plan. You gotta go with a strategy. I go with a strategy into the parking lot looking for someone, and I say, okay, Lord, who is it here today that you're sending me to? Because it has become quite obvious that this is my field, is in these parking lots that I find myself in. And so this I pull up, and this truck, sitting there, and this gentleman's getting out on the other side. And I figured I knew what that lighthouse meant because there was a picture of a lighthouse and there may have even been a scripture under that. I don't remember that. But in order to start a conversation and have it wind up being about God, I said to him, what do you mean lighthouse construction? Well, that's what it was, that God is my lighthouse. And he he gave a quick testimony of, of how God had worked in his life. And and we stood there beside our trucks rejoicing and just talking about the goodness of God and and, 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 and all those things and just rejoicing together and the kindred spirit and the fellowship of the brethren. And 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 after about a half an hour of that, I'm telling you, the Lord just opened my mouth to him, and three hours later. He looks at me and he says, You have no clue what you have just said to me. And I said, Well, how could I? All I know is what... And the majority of what I said to him was Bible. Brother, it wasn't my my idea. It wasn't my opinion. He would say something and I would say, Well, the Bible says this about what you just said. And come to find out that he had just recently lost a child in a car accident over in Townsend. And some of the things that I shared with him and some of the things that I said to him were pointed to what was going on in his life. So sometimes following the instructions of God and the leadership of God. I don't don't know if you're in a crisis here tonight. I don't know. Maybe everything's going good in your life. You've got it going like you want it. And you may be here and say, yeah, I do, and it's about time. Maybe. But you may be here tonight, and there's something just there's just going something going on in your life, and it may not be quite as tragic, or it may be as tragic as this lady experienced or some other of us we've experienced at times. And you're in a time of crisis. I want to just invite you to come to this altar tonight. You say, well, well, brother, you don't know how many times I've been to the altar. It's still here. God is faithful. I'm telling you, somebody needs to hear that. I want to tell you something else. The devil is a liar. God is faithful. He cares for his people it doesn't matter that you're in a time of crisis or if you're on the mountaintop and you're living it up. Hallelujah. God cares for His people. 1 Peter 5:7, Cast all your cares on Him for He cares for you. Would you stand with me here just a few moments? I'm going to just ask every head bowed and every eye closed and I know that's kind of a typical thing with how we conduct our services and, and especially at this part of our service. But I just wanna I just wanna ask you with every head bowed and every eye closed here tonight if you've got if you've got something going on in your life and and you just need the Lord to intervene, and I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna trick you to raise your hand and then call you out and come down here. But would you just slip your hand up and just acknowledge it. Say, Lord, I I needed to hear this word tonight. I needed to, I need to be reaffirm and I need to be encouraged that that you know who I am. You know right where I'm at. You understand the situation that I'm surrounded with, but I still believe you're faithful. I trust you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Just slip your hand up right there where you are. I, I just want to pray for you. That's all. I don't, I'm not going to call you out, and if you if you still if you would like to come to this altar, you're more than welcome to. These altars are open. If you just want to come and pray and just let the, the Lord touch you here in this altar, but otherwise, I just want to pray for you right now. Father, I just pray that these that have that have lifted their hands that just they just want to acknowledge that they've heard you tonight. May not have felt you, but they've heard your voice through your word tonight. Not necessarily your servant but through your word they've heard your word speak to their heart tonight. and I just ask you right now that you would just speak into their life speak into that circumstance speak into that situation if it's critical if it's not still God we need you we need your help in this hour and I just ask that you would do that for them tonight And I pray, Lord, if there are those in this place that that need a touch of God, just maybe they need healing in their body. Maybe they need their, their faith to be lifted tonight. I just pray, Holy Spirit, Lord, as we stand here before your people and as your presence is here in this place, that you would touch them tonight, that you would speak into their heart and just remind them of your faithfulness. Holy Spirit is the gentleman that you are, that you would just just put your arm of comfort around them and just touch their heart and their mind and their spirit. And I pray, God, in, in, this, in this culture that we live in, we need you to push back the curtain of darkness. Hallelujah. Push back that curtain of darkness and let us see the light of God, the light of Jesus Christ, the hope that He brings, the hope of glory that we have in Him. Hallelujah. And Father, that You would just give us the strength to go one more day, to enter into this next week with Your presence and Your power and Your reassurance in our lives. And God, we'll be so careful so careful to thank you and praise you not just for what you do but for who you are for being God and the great God that you are in Jesus name
0: what a great word amen yeah. Brother Royce, thank you so much for sharing with us It hit me that the thing that we often need is what we have to let go of. Elijah, it was water in the midst of a drought, and he had to pour it out. For this lady, it was oil, she had to pour it out. I'm reminded that that Mary, the mother of Jesus, at a wedding, when they were at the end of the barrel of drink for the wedding, she looked at the crowd, and says, whatever he tells you to do, just do it. I don't know what the Lord's telling you to do, but I'm here to tell you, just do it. If the Lord's speaking to you, just do it. And he will honor your He will honor obedience. Amen. Once again, thank you so much. Thank you for being here tonight. Thank you for just the time to worship. I pray that this has been a little more icing on the cake. Today, uh, to bless you and encourage you to give you some strength to carry on, um, uh, we we really do, we really do love you guys. We're so thankful to be a part of, of you all. Let's just ask the Lord to bless us as we leave this place to to be a blessing. Got good news we've uh, we've sold a hundred and twenty five trees already. Yeah, so um, you know. I, my my goal my goal you know because to me we're not selling trees we're raising funds for for missions that's what i try to help people understand we're not selling trees we're raising money for missions and it just happens to be the trees are the avenue to do that and uh, i'd love to see us raise $15,000 to be able to to share in missions um, and I, and i i believe we're going to get very close to that if not above that so Y'all just be praying with us for us to accomplish that goal, Father. Thank you so much, Lord, for just this wonderful privilege of coming together as the body of Christ to encourage one another, Uh, Lord, to lift each other up, to to be encouraged by this word tonight. I pray, Lord, that we'll take this and, and and meditate on it, Lord. Help us to recognize that we are known by you, God. Help us to recognize that no matter what circumstance we go through, that you are with us and. And that you have a plan. And Lord, ultimately help us to recognize that if we obey you, Lord, you will work all things out. And Lord, it might not always look the way we, we think it should look. Because God, help us not to be timid about the provision that you desire to give. Because I truly believe that if, if we lack the vision to ask for the jars, then Lord, the provision that you have proclaimed for us to have will be limited. But, God, help us to use vision to not get a few, but to get a lot. And, Lord, help us to be obedient in that process. God, we thank you for all that you're doing. We thank you, God, for what you're going to do. We give you the praise and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you guys.